talking about how to hear the voice of God in the details of life. How many know we need to hear God today? Uh, two scripture that are really uh, have been important in my life. Jeremiah 10, 23. Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It's not in a man who walks to direct his own steps. What's that saying? We're not smart enough to guide our lives alone. How many know we need the Lord? How many have made the mistake, mistakes like I've made? And, uh, you know, God has to bail us out and get us out. It's amazing how his grace works. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And so, again, the Lord's promised that he will watch over us throughout life, care for us. And then when we go to be with Jesus, he's right there with us for eternity. It's a pretty cool thing. Romans 8, 14, I've mentioned these all of the weeks. This is week number seven on this particular uh, topic we'll have this week and maybe next week and maybe one more if I don't finish it all next week. But uh, just some things I'm trying to catch you up to where we have been. Uh, Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And then Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the lamp or candle or light bulb of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. And those two scriptures reveal the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And when God wants to speak to us, he talks to us on the inside. So in this series, we've been talking about how to hear from God and how to know that his voice is speaking to you and how to clearly ascertain the will of God, the various areas of life. The first week, we, uh, we talked about a man in the Old Testament called Gideon who looked for outward things to direct his life and uh and he did that because he didn't have the holy spirit living in him and often often believers today say well i'll be like gideon and i'll do something i'll look for something on the outside to indicate the will of god how many know that's a dangerous thing to do because that can be manipulated by your enemy and you can you can end up doing the wrong thing so we talked about that in depth second week we talked about two ways that we receive guidance from the lord first of all through the word how many know the word of god supposed to be the foundation of how we live and so get in the Word every day. A believer that's not in the Word, that is spending time reading slowly the Word each day, you know, we're liable to be deceived, misled, overwhelmed by the, by the world, the flesh, the devil, the enemies of the Christian life. So the Word's number one. There's general guidance from the Word. And then we talked about this in detail. Then there's specific guidance as, you're, as you get into the Word. And you know what God says in his word, then the Holy Spirit gives us specific things. We talked about that in fair detail. Weeks three and four, we talked about the fact that we are spiritual beings living in physical bodies. Often we think of it in reverse. We're physical beings, uh, but we have a spiritual nature. Think about it the other way. You're a spiritual being living in a physical body. If you put spiritual things first, just makes a lot of difference. We spent a couple of weeks doing that. And we just, then we spent the last two weeks talking about the conscience. And uh, we had eight points we covered about the conscience of man. And God leads us three ways, the voice of conscience. And today we're going to talk about the voice of the Holy Spirit and how he speaks. Then next week we'll talk about the inward witness. We talked about the voice of conscience in fair detail. I won't cover any of this in any detail today. We had uh, eight points about the conscience. But the conscience can be cloudy, like looking for the sun on a cloudy day. You know it's there somewhere, but just can't quite detect exactly where it is in the sky. And that's a cloudy conscience. So we talked about how you can clear your conscience up and have a clear conscience and how you can hear God by, by, by listening to conscience. How many know it's important to hear your conscience? How many are here today? All right. 
So he talked about that in detail. Now we're where I want to start today. And let me just say, I was, uh, I was studying yesterday, and I never planned to go the direction I'm going today with the latter part of this, but we'll get into it in a minute. The voice of the Holy Spirit is a very div- distinct voice that we can hear when we're looking to hear guidance from the Lord. How many know the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14, there, that the Apostle Paul said, it's all kinds of voices in the world, and all of them are significant. And how many know you can hear all kinds of things on the inside, but it's, it's really important for all of us to learn how to hear the voice of God in the details of life and differentiate from, you know, you have the voice of your own reason. All of us have this self-talk going on on the inside all the time. Susan gets on me because my self-talk becomes, uh, it turns outward. I'm I talking to myself all day. She said, Mitch, are you talking to? I said, myself. I say that's okay unless I start answering myself and carrying on. A con- and sometimes I do that too. Maybe you need to pray for me, Susan. I don't know. Anyway, we have this self-talk. You got to differentiate that from your conscience. How many know conscience is deeper than thought? Something deep, deep, deep inside. There's the voice of conscience. And then there's the voice of emotion. I've been through the years of my walking with Jesus. Again, this is my 44th year of being with him. I've had so many people. And me, myself, I thought I was being led by the Lord. Found out my emotions were engaged with a certain thing in life. And I knew it was my emotions because I was really excited about this one thing. And then the excitement died down. And then there was nothing left. It was just a big bubble that burst. So you got to differentiate conscience from from emotion and the Holy Spirit from emotion. And then the voice of the voice of the flesh. We have yearnings. We have desires. All of us, you know, have challenges that we've had in life before we knew the Lord. Then when you know Jesus, you think all of that automatically disappears and you're shocked to find out it's still there. Hello, the flesh says, I'm still here. And these yearnings that we we don't want and things to, you know, desires to do what we know is wrong, they're still there. What is that? Well, the Bible calls that the flesh. That's the fallen flesh of man. It's the sinful It's the sinful nature that Jesus has redeemed us from on the inside. But how many know the residue is still in your mind? It's still in your flesh. It's in your body. It's in your emotions. And how many know we have to resist it? And then there's the voice of the enemy. And, you know, you got to learn to distinguish all these voices. Again, I've shared this for uh, several times in the last few weeks. But when I first came to the Lord, it was just really important to me. I I thought, well, how can I hear God? People would say, well, the Lord said this, the Lord said that. And I was just trying to figure out all these these things I was hearing inside. What is me? What's... What's the voice, just, just that self-talk that I have? And what's emotion? And, and what, what's my conscience? And, and when is the Holy Spirit speaking? And when, I, when can I tell the voice of the enemy? And I found out usually the voice of the enemy is an accusing voice. And you know, I found out a lot of people hear that accusing voice. Why didn't you? How did you? How do you know? And it often comes in the form of a question that just makes you feel bad. How many know the Holy Spirit encourages you? Even when he brings conviction, he doesn't bring condemnation with conviction. That conviction is a wooing force from the heart of God to you. And it lets you know you're going the wrong direction, but you need to go this way and you'll be okay. That's different than a condescending sense, this thought that comes that make you, makes you feel like the heel, like, like, like somebody less than everybody else. How many know that many times is the voice of the enemy? So we need to learn these different kinds of voices. So for me, I've, I've wanted to learn to distinguish the voice of God from the other voices on the inside. I was thinking about it this morning. It was eight and a half years. I don't know why it took me so long because I've been to two Bible schools at the time and, 
and, you know, been to college and all, but I don't know why, but I never started a journal until about eight and a half years into my walk with God. I don't know why. I think I probably should have, but I encourage you to have a journal. If you don't have one, find a place to write things down that nobody knows about. Uh, put it, keep it under lock and key. Now, you know, you can do things digitally to start with. I just had a little notebook I tucked away where nobody could find it. Not even Susan. Nobody's seen my journal. My journal's personal, right? The only person that's read my journal is me and God. And so you write things down in there. Why? Because we're human, we're fallible. And then when, particularly when you're in the formative stages, just trying to figure out what's God and what isn't, write things down when you perceive it's the Lord. I did that in my young years, and I found out that many times what I thought was the Lord, I just had too much pizza the night before or, you know, had too much spicy off whatever. Yeah, I'm just, you know what I'm saying. But um, anyway, but I found out then other times I found out when that was the Holy Spirit. Then I noticed if I wrote things down, I would see patterns. Well, I, I, I noticed that a month ago or two months ago or six months ago, I was sensing this or this or this. And it's not a diary. It's a journal of what you feel inside. And, you know, as I did that, I, I, it helped me more ably perceive the Lord speaking to me in the various ways that he does. Well, the Lord speaks by the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, that voice is more authoritative or now you could say it's just a stronger sense of something speaking to you within. And it's the Holy Spirit's voice. Acts chapter 8, listen to this. Here's uh, Philip. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, he had ministered. Uh, in a certain place in Samaria. And then after that ministry, the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning, seating in his, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And then verse 29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. He ministered to that Ethiopian guy. He got saved, baptized in water, and God used Philip in a tremendous way. I just read that whole thing to show you. The Holy Spirit said. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit said. Then Acts chapter 16. Now, now when they had gone to, uh, through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. But after they had come to uh, Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So again, the Holy Spirit was speaking to the Apostle Paul. Then Peter, in Acts chapter 10, while Peter saw it, he had, he had seen a vision of a sheet let down in heaven from heaven with all kinds of unclean animals that Jews couldn't eat. And, and a voice said, kill Peter, slay and eat. Don't call common what God has cleansed. And while he thought about the vision, verse 19, Acts 10, the Spirit said... Notice the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Go to, arise, therefore, go down with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So again, the Holy Spirit speaks. You can see it clearly from Scripture. Let me say that when the Holy Spirit speaks, how many know he'll never disagree that anything God's already said in the Word? Anything that he says only confirms what God's already said, right? Listen to this. I had this really strange thing happen. In 1993, I was pastoring. I was the associate pastor of a church. The pastor had gone to start a, a church in Latvia, of all places. For one year, I was pastoring church for him. And I was counseling and this and that and the other for the pastor as well as preaching. This lady came to see me one day. And I don't have time to tell the whole story. There's all kinds of angles to this story. One angle of it was she sat down in front of me. I think she was 32 years old. 
And I got to talking to me, you know, and, and she started talking and, and she said, yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time. And I usually don't hear people say that. Most people don't tell me, well, the Holy Spirit speaks to me all the time. I said, okay, well, well good. And, and tell me about that. And then she said, well, for years, ever since I've been young, when I started driving, for instance, she said, anytime I was speeding, the Holy Spirit would speak to me and say, slow down, there's a cop right up the, around the curve. I said, that's not the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? She said, well, well I thought it was the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit ever told you to obey the law. <laughs> he wouldn't try to get you away from the police officer waiting to give you a ticket. He'd tell you not to speed to begin with, Right? So anyway, I'm just trying to say that a lot of people think the Holy Spirit's speaking. Well, she had a lot of problems, actually had to, had to minister some forms of deliverance on her demonically. She had some real deep, deep, deep problems. But see, she thought the voice that was speaking to her was the Holy Spirit. If you, have, if you are doing outlandish things, things that are ungodly and things that are wrong or something's telling you, how many know that's not the Holy Spirit? He'll never lead you apart from his word. Is that true? Anyway, I thought that was really unusual. 1994, let me give you, for instance, of uh, sometimes how the Holy Spirit speaks. 1994, again, I was in South Carolina. Uh, Susan and I, I was associate pastor of a church there. The pastor had come back from, from being overseas, uh, starting a church, and he was pastoring his church again. And I was there, and... Uh, and I knew that the Lord, and I'll tell you about this later when I start talking about the inward witness, but I knew that uh, I would be at some point, uh, you know, going, going somewhere to pastor, and all that had worked out. Susan and I had actually, in 1994, the summer, we found out about this church, and it had a different name at the time, 26 years, this is 26 years ago, and... Uh, so I heard about the church. We had come several times, and I had preached. I had tried out, so to speak, and, and the people liked me, et cetera, et cetera, and some still like me today, anyway. Um, so I had come several times and, and then actually had sat down with them one Sunday night, and we had a three-hour question and answer session with me sitting on a stool. I mean, wow. So it was pretty intense. So anyway, September 25th, 1994 was a Sunday. I'm about to... Uh, I'm about to get up to preach, you know, the praise and worship was over. We had taken up the offering. And, and I had actually got my Bible and I said, well, let's, and let's pray. And before I could do that, the head usher, he pointed his finger and said, what, what? And he re came down the aisle. Now, I encourage no usher should ever do this to any pastor. He come down and gave me a slip of paper. And you know what it said? In front of everybody, I read it for the first time. And I had been trying out here and I opened the slip of paper and it said, you have just been accepted as pastor of the church in Raleigh. I looked at him. I looked at the paper. I looked at the people. And I thought, God, what do I do now? And I folded the piece of paper up and said, well, let's pray. I prayed and somehow the Lord helped me keep my mind off of that. Don't do that. Don't do that to any speaker. Not, not good. Anyway, uh, so uh, finished preaching that week, you know, and I have a habit of walking for exercise. I, now I ride a bike, then I jogged and walked. But I'd get up in the mornings and I'd go for a walk and I'd have kind of like a prayer walk. And one morning I was walking, this was like several, I think it was like the Friday after that. I don't know why the Friday. But I was walking along and, and I was um, thinking about the church wanting me to pastor here. And this is, you know, obviously I came here. And I was thinking about all that and I was saying, Lord, you know, how many know you can have a conversation with the Lord and just pull your heart out and tell him exactly what you think and feel? You know, and I'm just very real with him. Lots of times I'm respectful, but I'll talk to the Lord like I'm 
kind of like I'm carrying on a conversation with anybody. I said, Lord, now, can I talk to you a minute? And, and I was saying, Lord, I really, um, you know, I like being here. We are in a nice house. Susan likes our house. How many know that's important? If your wife likes your house, Susan likes our house, you know, our, our children, they're pretty planted. They got friends where we got, a, they're going to a school they really like. And, you know, I'm ministering a lot and I know I'm an associate, but you know, life is just good here and we're just enjoying life, enjoying ministry. We got lots of friends and, you know, I think I just want, here's what I said. I said, Lord, I think, I think I'll just tell them no. I think I'll just say, I'm not, I don't want to do that. And y'all know, kid, the moment, the moment I said that. I heard inside me, you take, I mean, just, you take that church. Yes, sir. It's like this conversation is over. And I knew then, I thought thought about that many years since then. You know, I believe it was the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I'm going to know if you're about to do something that will alter the rest of your life and get you out of the will of God, he knows how to get your attention. And that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip there, sitting in the chariot. Go, go to the Ethiopian. That Ethiopian would have had spent eternity in hell had not Philip listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Join yourself to that man in that chariot. And he spoke to me and said, you take that church. This is the rest of my life. I've been here 26 years. What if I'd, I'd listened to my own reasoning? Well, I'm just satisfied. Lots of times God will have you do things that you're not, that, that make you uncomfortable and to some degree dissatisfied. That went over real big. But it's true. So he spoke to me very demonstrably. There, uh, again, I've shared this many times, but again, another time, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke. 2013, I'm minding my own business. It's January the 1st, 2013. I've been on a two-week vacation. I've told you this many times, but to bear the point home. And uh, we were looking at a piece of property on Highway 70 here. We, we needed another building. We were on Aversboro Road, for those of you that have been here some time. And, uh, and we had outgrown our building, and, and we just needed more space. There was no room to even make the building larger or anything. So, you know, the board and I had been looking for property, and we found a piece right on Highway 70. And, and it was on my way to my office as I came. I live in Nightdale, and I turned left, uh, you know, uh, and, and turned on to Highway 70, and there it is on the left. And every single day, no kidding, that I went to work, I always paused. Even if I had somebody in the car, I said, wait just a minute. Every time I pass that property, I say, Lord, I thank you for two things. Thank you for a supernatural contract to get this building because they at first didn't want to sell it. And secondly, a supernatural way to pay for it. Work it out. Work it out, Lord. So I always did that, and, and I, that was my custom. I had been doing it for several years. This is 2013, the first Tuesday of January, January 1st. And here I was just back from vacation. So here I am, you know, going back into the office the first time, you know, and just spending some time with the Lord, even though nobody was in the office, I went. That's just the way I live. So anyway, I turned left. And the moment I got to the property, and I said, now, Lord, I, and when I said, now, Lord, let me, now, Lord, I, whatever I said, the moment I said it, I heard, right here, now, Mitch, he called me by my name, Mitch. Now, now, you can do that if you want to. But if you let me, I'll give you something better. I thought, whoa. And it was the voice of the Lord. It was the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's more distinguished. Now, you know, let me say again, there's lots of voices, and a lot of people hear voices that aren't the Lord. How many hear me? And you say, well, pastor, what's it sound like? Well, I don't know what that's going to sound like to you. I know what it is for me. You say, well, how do you figure this out? Pretty much trial and error. You got to figure it out for you. 
I had to figure it out for me. You've got to figure this. That's why I say write things down. Anyway, he said that, and I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what. If you can do this in a way I don't lift a finger to make it happen, I'll do it well. Make a long story short, we're here. And God did it in an unusual way, but uh, I took my faith off of that property and said, God, if you can do this, do it. It wasn't wasn't a, a week later, about a week and a half later, we found out about this property. And we moved here. It's kind of a longer story than I have time to tell today. But it was amazing. It showed me that when God wants to get your attention, he knows how to do it. So if you have the Lord prodding you on the inside about something, my heart is it's best to hear him out and listen to him. How many hear me? Because, you know, when he speaks in a demonstrable way, it's either somebody else, their life is involved, it could be their eternity involved, their whole life involved, they could be in danger, or, or it could be you going the wrong direction in life, and he's got to get your attention. If I'd have bought the other property, we'd have spent a whole lot more money. I don't know how it would have worked out, but God gave us a deal and a half on this property. How many hear me so? God's been really, really, really good to us. So I found that the voice of the Holy Spirit is very strong when he speaks that way. Now I want to change a little bit. And now let me just tell you ahead of time, when God did this, God changed my notes yesterday. I had no plans to talk about this. But I want to talk about another way the Holy Spirit speaks. There are uh, nine spiritual gifts that operate uh, through people that are baptized with the Holy Spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning or seeing into the realm of spirits. Then there's the gift of faith and working of miracles, gifts of healings. And then there's different kinds of tongues, interpretation and prophecy. And 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that. But three of those gifts have to do with information that God gives you supernaturally without you studying to receive it or you receiving it outwardly in any way. It comes from the inside out. And see, that's another voice of the Holy Spirit when the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge comes into manifestation in your life. It'll come sometimes in a, it just comes in a sovereign way many times. And, you know, since I've been, uh, since I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and walking with God these 44 years, I mean, almost right after that, I would be hanging around somebody. I would just know something. Sometimes I would say it. Sometimes I wouldn't say a thing. But I'll often just be around somebody. And to help them, God will let me know something about them. And sometimes as pastor, then eventually I went to Bible school, pastored. I would ask a person, is, is this going on? Does this mean anything to you? So they say, well, yes. And see, it was the word of knowledge, God giving me a a parcel of his all-knowing about an individual so I could pray for him and I could help them. Well, I want to broaden the idea of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, even uh, discerning of spirits. Discern means to see. There's a spiritual gift. Well, the spiritual dimension opens up. And as you read the Bible, I mean, I've, I've got it in the end of the notes today, if you'll go online and look. Uh, there are people who have seen into that realm and they've seen the Lord. They've seen God. How many know that uh, God appeared to Abraham? God appeared to Moses. And God appeared to many of the patriarchs. God appeared to people in the Bible. They saw angels. They saw into the other world. That's discerning of spirits coming into manifestation. And then the word of knowledge. God would let people know something was going on that they didn't know was going on, both Old and New Testament. And then the word of wisdom where God shows you just a glimpse of the future. See, those are spiritual gifts operated by the Holy Spirit as he wills in our lives. But here's the uh, angle I want to talk about. When, When we're hearing from God, don't discount that the Holy Spirit also speaks through dreams and visions. 
Now, part of me is a little bit nervous about even talking about this because you can take this subject and take it too far and to the extreme, get in a spiritual ditch and make a mess of it. How many hear what I just said? But there is a reality to this area of life. And I wrote this down this morning. Desperate times take desperate measures. How many know when you're in desperate situations, God knows how to get your attention? And what I found through reading the scriptures, those that are in, de- in desperate places, life was changing. They were in an era of change, perhaps, uh, in, in the world or things were going on. And, and they, needed, they really needed some information and needed to listen up. Often they would have dreams or visions. And again, let me say this. This may happen on occasion. You may go through your whole life and never have a real a spiritual dream or have what we call a vision. I'll explain it in a minute. And, and you know what? Here's what I found out. If you don't need it, you won't have it. And then some people hear about this and they think it's a spiritual merit badge. Well, I've had a dream. Well, I've had a vision. Well, you're just kind of kooky. You need to calm down. You know, generally speaking, if you want to have these kind of things, nothing will happen. Because God doesn't want you to toot your horn and make every... He doesn't want you to think that you're really somebody. And he doesn't want you to present yourself to others that you're somebody special. How many hear that? And I've been in this long enough. You know, I cut my teeth in the charismatic movement. And uh, then moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had some, you know, international speakers come in that had some really amazing spiritual gifts manifest in their lives. And then, you know, I was a part of a Bible school at the time when I first moved there. And we had people from all over the world. And people got so excited about spiritual things. And every once in a while, I'd come across a person who uh, took these things to the extreme. So here's a person always having a vision or always having a dream. And, you know, you start discounting what they say. Because you think, you know, they're a donut shy of a dozen. Or you got various ways of saying things. You know what I'm saying. They just something just not quite right here, right? There's something missing and I came across those people. So, you know, it, I was always very, very cautious about this area. But I need to talk about this because we are in desperate times. And desperate times will lead to God helping take desperate measures sometimes in your lives. And I'm talking here about dreams and visions. The Holy Spirit will also speak through dreams and visions. When he does, it's often the word of wisdom or it's the word of knowledge coming into manifestation. Many of the older men of God that were my mentors many years ago, I heard them say in various ways the same thing. And, and they would say this, there's a fine line between true spirituality and fanaticism. And I, heard, I said, I didn't know what they meant when, when I was young and in the Lord, but now I understand it completely. There's a fine line between the two. And, and you got you to gotta walk that. You know, you can walk in such a way that you just discount anything the Holy Spirit could do in your life. And I've talked to people, and they'll try to, they'll try to say, well, God could never speak in dreams or could never speak in visions. That's the ditch on one side. The ditch on the other side is he's doing it every day. That's wrong. You know, you may, you may go through your whole life and have none of this. If you don't, thank God. And if you do, usually be quiet. And usually when God does stuff in me, I don't, I don't like to say a whole lot about it. Now, people in my inner circle that I feel like need to know things I'll share, but often I don't share a lot of these kind of things because they can be misconstrued and misunderstood. However, listen to this in Joel chapter 2. Everybody with me? Joel 2.26 no, you see what was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see what? See what? Hmm. And your old men will what? They'll what? Is that true? You know, the old men, the young men, the young men see visions because they're excited. The old men dream dreams because they sleep a lot. I'm joking, but <laughs> nonetheless, the bottom line is God can speak. And it seems as though he's saying here, in the, he said in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit, two things will occur. You'll dream dreams and some people will have visions. Now, you know, if you understand the terminology, the last days, the last days actually started when Jesus was raised from the dead. That's when the church age began. He ascended up to heaven. That's the last, we've been in the last days for 2,000 years. But now it seems as though we're at the last of the last days. Uh, Paul called it the latter times in 2 Timothy 3. Latter times, some would depart from the faith. And so, again, we're in the last days for sure. And so we can expect two things in a balanced way, dreams, visions. Listen to Acts 16. Here's the apostle Paul. Uh, so passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas, and a, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now, what does it mean? A vision appeared. He's probably sleeping, and and in his in his as he was sleeping, he had a dream, and it was like a vision. A man of Macedonia stood up and pleaded with him, saying, "Come over here to Macedonia and help us." He saw it in a dream, a vision. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately was sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that Lord had, that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So he was saying, God, "This verse says he, God spoke to him." In, in a vision, the vision probably because it was at night was while he was dreaming. Matthew chapter one, look at this, verse 20. And here's uh, Joseph, he found out his girlfriend, his fiance's pregnant, he's upset. He's about, he's about to cut it off with her as any, any smart guy would. And he was totally upset because she said, God's impregnated me and it sounded completely ridiculous. As, as he considered this, verse 20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, where? In a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from his sins. And so because, because Joseph had the dream and the angel appeared to him, he didn't divorce his then girlfriend. He didn't you know, separate himself from her. Uh, he went ahead and married her later on after she had Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit spoke to him. How? In a dream. Then Matthew chapter 2, Jesus had been born, and, and then some really, really tough things could have happened. And, and you've got the, the wise men that came to see the Christ child. They entered the house, verse 11, saw the child, his mother Mary. They bowed down, worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gold, gifts of gold, frankincense, myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their country. Watch this, by another route. For God had warned them in a dream. Everybody say, in a dream. Not to return to Herod. And the wise men, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So he, these three guys had a dream. Joseph had a dream again. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left eat for Egypt with ch the child and Mary, his mother. If those things hadn't have happened, you know, Jesus' life could have been threatened. So God chose 
to speak in the form of a dream. And they listened to him. So, so if they had, let me ask you this question. If the people we read about in the Bible, they're just like you. They have passions just like you. They have right and wrong in their life just like me and just like you. If God speaks to them sometimes in these unusual ways because it's de- desperate circumstances, then when you're going through a desperate circumstance, can God speak to you that way if he wants to? The answer is yes. So in my notes at the very end, I've got additional notes at the bottom. If you go online and look, and I've about six years ago, I studied, I didn't study it out thoroughly, but you know, pretty good. And I went all through the Bible. Those who had had dreams, had visions, angels appeared to and such. How many know angels are real? You can't see them and you don't need to see them. You'd probably get all puffed up if you did or, or get freaked out if you did. But nonetheless, they're here and they're available to help us. And then these folk had dreams and visions. We can today as well. My dad, let me tell you this story. This true story, uh, August or September, I think it may be of September of 1996. I had been here, uh, no, this is actually 95. I'd been here for a year and we were in the old building on Garner Road. And I had a, a prayer meeting from 6 to 7 every, every morning, Monday through, I guess, Friday. And this was a Tuesday morning. And, uh, and so, um, anyway, um, I had an accident, so I'm trying to make a long story short. So after prayer at seven, I was going back home. I live in Notdale. I was on Auburn Notdale road. I was right at rock quarry and it was a two way stop at the time. And I made an a human error, looked both ways twice and proceeded into the intersection. When I did a car that came, I didn't even see it. Uh, it hit me. It was a brand new Cadillac. I totaled that car. It was my fault. And only thing I remember seeing was a lady in the car. She was trying to see what, she had a cup of coffee that was at this point being deposited on her in midair and she's looking back at me and then she hit a fence and totaled her car. One second's difference could have been the difference between life and death for both of us. We didn't get a scratch. So I called home. Uh, said, and Susan, you had come pick me up. My car was not drivable, I think, at the time. I think you may be coming to pick me up. Nonetheless, um, I called home. I always called my parents. My father was alive. Said, well, y'all had an accident. Once I'd gotten home, yada, yada. And it just took off the front of my van I was driving at the time. And when I told my uh, mother that I had an accident, and now she's got this way she talks to me, she said, now, Midge, Midge. I said, what is it? And you know what she told me? You won't believe this, but your father, listen, now my father is a dyed-in-the-wool Southern Baptist. How many love the Southern Baptist? I was raised Southern, but he's a dyed-in-the-wool Southern Baptist. Never changed the day he died. She told me, said, Mitch, this is funny that you're even telling me this. I don't quite know what to say. I said, what? She said, yesterday morning, that had been Monday morning. She said, your dad sat right up in bed right when he woke up. And he said, Jenny, my mother's name is Jeanette. He calls her. He said, Jenny, I've had a startling dream that's upset me. And she said, what is it? And she said, he told her, I just dreamed somebody came up to me and said, Mitch is dead. And she said, it bothered my dad all day long. He prayed for me on and off all day. He's Southern Baptist. If he would stop what he was doing, he'd pray for me. And then he'd be doing something and then pray for me and they'd do something else. And all day long, she said, Mitch, uh, he, he didn't take, you were on his mind all day. I said, well, mama, he prayed me out of death. Because one second, you know how fast cars go, one second's difference going into that intersection, I may not have survived. 
So how many know God can give you dreams? See, desperate measures for desperate times. I wouldn't be here today. You know, uh, four years ago, uh, I'll talk about some of this in a minute, a little further, but I made some changes in how we manage Victory Church. I've been here for 26 years, and I could see some things that I was not doing properly, and I needed to change how I did things for me. And, and so uh, the Lord began to speak to me, and we made some, some pretty big changes here, and some people understood, others didn't. And, uh, but it was, for me, a very difficult time. 2016, 2017 were two years of huge change in how the church operates behind the scenes. And uh, some of my staff team understand what I'm talking about. Some of this I still can't talk about to this day. But I can tell you this, and I've never said this publicly because I didn't need to. It was for me. But listen, when you talk about dreams, uh, during this time, I had several dreams over and over again, different kinds of dreams saying basically the same thing. And you don't know, God knew that I needed it. He knew that emotionally I was wrenched. He knew I was personally going through a hard place in ministry. And I needed to keep my spiritual and mental equilibrium. I just needed to hold steady. And I would dream things at night. And, I say, and, and, and let, you would say, well, pastor, how do you know if a dream's from the Lord? You won't forget it. Now, I've been sleeping hard the last few nights, and I know I've dreamed, but I couldn't tell you one thing I've dreamed. But if something's from the Lord, it just stays with you. Some of these things as I'm talking to you, I can still see what I saw in the dream. It was so vivid and so real. And so I wrote them down in my journal. And yesterday, I just happened to be thumbing through my digital journal that I keep things in now and looking back. And I was surprised at how many times I had had dreams. And, and, and now looking back on the situation, I couldn't see it then. I was saying, wow, God, look what you did for me. You held me emotionally stable. You helped me face something that for me as a person hurt. It was difficult to go through. But by your grace, you let me have a dream to let me know what was going on behind the scenes and that I would be all right. And just the way I saw it in the dream, it worked out. Isn't that amazing? Now, you know, if you need it, how many know God can give that to you when you need it? Again, desperate times uh, make desperate measures. So if you don't need it, you may not. And then let me also mention this last June. In fact, I just looked at my journal yesterday, last June, um, June the 11th. Now, I'm going to read you an entry from my journal. I wrote it, and this is exactly what my journal says. This was Thursday, June the 11th. It was Wednesday night when this happened. I dreamed. Last night, I slept hard. I had a dream that I was driving some kind of vehicle that was pulling a long row of carts carrying people. And I knew it was our church people that was carrying. I just knew it in the dream. Uh, like what we sat in uh, looking at Christmas lights at Benson last December. Y'all ever looked at Christmas lights in Benson? That, I don't forget. What do you call it? I forgot the name of it. What is it? Meadow lights, that's what it's called. Anyway, you know, they got this little train thing, this little cart, this little uh, tractor thing, and it pulls all these carts. Well, in my dream, I saw that. Now, now here, but listen to this. I'm just going to read just, this is exactly what I wrote there. Um, so I saw that. Then the next paragraph, it says, we were all naked. Me too, in the dream. Now, I didn't see nakedness, but I was just aware that none of us had clothes on. We were undressed. I didn't see anybody, thank God. 
but I was navigating. And then so, you know, so we're just like, why are you dream something like that? I wonder. I said, what in the world? And, and so I'm driving this thing, and, and, and a bunch of the church people were all in these different carts. And, and there are obstacles in the road. And I'm going here, and I'm going here, and I'm going there. And, and I'm dodging things and moving this way and that way and the other way in the dream. And, um, and I kept telling people as I was driving, everything's going to be okay. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. End of dream. Now, I had no class. I said, Lord, why in the world would I dream about all of us being unclothed uh, and going somewhere and I'm pulling us along? Well, I've, now, I got to show you. Y'all remember Joan Hunter, those of you who have been here for a while? Well, on her book table, she had this book, and I bought it. It's not cheap. It's 50 bucks, and it still is if you buy it on Amazon. Uh, yeah, you got it up there. There it is. Uh, Dream Symbology Dictionary. And this is a spirit-filled lady, but it's just A to Z different, uh, different topics and you don't wouldn't believe how many times I've referenced this. And then my staff team will come say, man, I have a dream I just can't get away from. And they'll look at this book. Cause, and so I looked in this book. You know what nakedness has to do with? It has to do with being vulnerable and unprepared. That's what it says. So, wow, that's different. And then I was navigating around different things. Well, the navigation part talks about hard places that are coming. So see, God gave me that dream in June. And here's what I, are we in a hard place? Is the world in a hard place? Is America in a hard place? Are you in a hard place? I mean, it's difficult, right? I mean, things are not the way you want them to be. And we got to navigate. But that dream let me know, God knows. He's aware. And that if I'll just listen intently, he'll help us navigate through whatever's coming and we'll be okay on the other side. I kept saying that to the people. I kept telling, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And every now and then when I get aggravated when something happens and I see what the future may look like, I think, well, God said, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to navigate through it. See? See, the Holy Spirit will sometimes speak through, again, a dream. And then... Um, and I'll end with this, the last three or four years, and this started happening about five years ago. In fact, I was back on a chair in the back. We, have a sat we had a Saturday prayer meeting, and uh, I was kneeling down at the chair praying, and I was praying in the Spirit, and, and just as clear. In fact, while I'm talking to you, I still see what I saw. It was that clear. You can call that whatever you want to, but I was kneeling in prayer, and I saw, you, you ever seen a, um, a front cloud that's really dark, and it's a line? You know what I'm talking about? And it goes all the way down, all the way down the uh, skyline as far as you can see. And it's really dark and it's low and it's a front. And then when the front comes, you know, you got a different climate on the other side of the front because the front changes, right? It's a pressure system that comes in. So that's what I saw. That's what I saw. I was praying and I kept seeing this front. And then I saw me and, and one of my daughters, and I'm standing there, and there's that front cloud, and I keep looking back and doing my house, saying, we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to be okay. Now, now, that happened the first time, March of 2015. I wrote it in my journal. But, but since then, I've had dreams of storms. In fact, I just looked yesterday three or four or five times. And every single time, and I don't have time to go into detail, it's not necessary except to say, in the dreams I had every single one of them, foreboding weather, it doesn't really mean a literal storm. The storm has to do with hard times, hardship, difficulty that's coming. And every time in the dream that I had, I just knew we're going to be okay. God's going to help us navigate the storm of life that's coming. 
And I've had that happen three, four, or five times. Now, now that we're kind of in the middle of things, and I can tell you, you know, you think this year's tough, things will get tougher, but, but you don't have to be concerned. God's going to take care of you. And see, the Lord's witness to my heart that regardless of what happens with the election, what happens with America, what happens with the world, because literally this has changed how the world does business, has changed the world's economy in some way. And we're going to see some, you know, what we think crazy sort of things happen. But you know what? We're going to be okay. How many believe that? So again, the Holy Spirit just simply has an amazing way of getting through to us. I'll probably pick this up next week and talk about this a little bit. Another way the Holy Spirit speaks, and he knows you. If you're an arty, artsy kind of person, you know, you actually may, may, may see something in your mind. How many know God gave you an ability, and I talk about this in our prayer meetings on Saturday. How many know God gave you an ability to have an imagination? Question, can God use your imagination? Yes or no? Do you think That he gave you an imagination only for carnal things? Think again. An imagination is the creative element of the human. Now what if the Holy Spirit can come into your life and rise up from inside of you and and give you something that your imagination sees? Many times, and I can't go far here, got to stop. When I'm praying, I I, I was praying here a few Saturdays ago. I wrote it down. We're all in foxholes. We got helmets on. (laughs) <laughs> and we're just along and along. And, and then we got people behind us and they're supplying us with water and food and, and extra bullets. And man, the enemy's coming and they're hiding behind bushes and they're trying to find us. But we're winning. And then what I saw was without the supply line, we're not going to make it. But if everybody holds their place and holds steady, we're going to be okay. And the Lord was showing me we're in a spiritual battle. And all of us have a place. And that we're going to be okay. And it may look tough at times. But if we'll all get out of our place and do what we're supposed to do, we'll be all right. And see, I was praying. I was praying that out. So I just want you to understand another way that God speaks often is the Holy Spirit will speak in your imagination. I've got other things, but I'll catch it next week. Everybody, you get something out of this? I've got so much to share. I didn't know I had so much about the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it's certainly here. Here's some questions. Can you differentiate? between the voice of conscience and the voice of the Holy Spirit in your own life. If not, start writing things down. If you think the Holy Spirit's spoken to you, write it down and say, I think it's him. And then see what the track record is. Does it work out? Is it true? Does it work out what he said work out? Or, or, or was it just your own imagination uh, playing tricks on you, so to speak? Are you seeking God? Secondly, are you seeking to obey God's word as you make decisions? Hour by hour, day by day. How many know that's the focal point of life? I should ask myself, what what does God's word say about this? What does God's word say about that? Lastly, thirdly, as I've mentioned several times, do you write down dreams that you remember? Do you keep a journal of things you believe the Lord speaks to? You see, that's if you do that, you can see a track record and you'll see a pattern.